0: As I, I, love, um, I love coming up here on Monday nights. I love sharing the stage with, with Travis and the team because honestly, as, as he was singing tonight and as they're leading us tonight and then as he was praying, the thing that was just going through my mind is like, hey, that, this is just a continuation of this message. Like every, every Monday night, um, when someone comes up here and teaches from the word of God, it's just continuation of what we've already been doing, which is proclaiming God's goodness, proclaiming the gospel. And, and then we get to hear stories of the gospel and how lives have been transformed. And and so that's what we have to offer you every Monday night is just the truth of the gospel. And But that's all we need to offer you as well um, because it is through that that everything changes. And it's through that that Christ has changed my life. Like I, I am... My name is Ryan Nixon, and I have new life in Christ. And I'm recovering from pride, lust, worshiping what other people think of me. In this past week, uh, just apathy and laziness, and kind of numbing myself uh, through social media and shows and stuff like that. Hey, Ryan. Hey guys, So glad to be here. Well, um, we're in this series called Deja Vu, and we are looking at stories of redemption from the Old Testament and seeing their deja vu moments in the person of Christ. And so you see, God has been telling these stories of redemption over and over again from the beginning of time. We see them in the Old Testament and the New Testament and there's just, just these constant stories of redemption on repeat. And, and it is those stories of redemption that offer us hope um, that there's opportunity for redemption in our own lives. Um, and over the years of being here at Watermark, um, you know, whether it's in Reengage or now within region, one of the things just here over and over again is people, as they look at their own lives, um, feeling like there isn't an opportunity for redemption for themselves. And I hear, hear phrases like, hey, I'm, I'm too far gone for God to forgive me or to love me. Like I'm too damaged to be healed. Like no one has struggled with the things that I'm struggling with or gone through the things that I'm walking through. And I just want you to know, if you've ever thought those thoughts or even said those things to someone else, um, they are lies from the enemy who just wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. But there is a Savior um, who's come and lived and died for you so that you may have life and life everlasting. Um, And he offers healing, freedom, and the joy that comes through his redemptive power. Um, And so tonight, just kind of to set up um, the story that we're going to look at, like first I just want to talk about God's character and who God is has been, who God is, who God will be forever and ever because it is that character that drives him towards the story of redemption that we get to see. So like God's relationship towards his people, his relationship towards us is one of unwavering faithfulness. Like his love endures forever. His mercies and his grace is new every single morning. Um, He is a provider. He is protector. Um, He is someone who has ransomed his people and redeemed them from destruction and decay, from us, um, from probably our own destructive patterns. He ransomed his people from slavery and oppression. He provided for them a land that was plentiful and that was good for them to live in and enjoy. And like his love and faithfulness is so steadfast as he tried to think about, how am I gonna try to describe this to my people? Like he picked the one relationship that in all of humanity was supposed to be this relationship of this covenant-keeping, never-ending love, and that was marriage. And so as he began to describe his relationship to his people, he just began to say, hey, like I I am your husband, and I have committed myself to this covenant-keeping relationship with you, um, and you, my people, are my bride, and I love you, and I'm tender with you, and I cherish you. Now we turn to the nation of Israel. We think about God's people, and even though that's the way that they were loved and ransomed by their God, like they did not love him back in the same way. They were faithless, selfish, rebellious, forgetful, ungrateful, complaining. Like many times they would forget forget what God redeemed them from and what he saved them from and how he had provided for them and protected them and offered them joy and peace and life and hope. And that in this covenant marriage that God kind of provided for his people. The nation of Israel, his bride, his chosen people left the God that loved them and pursued them and began to try to find love in the midst of this world and love from gods that were not gods at all. And even in the midst of that, God over and over again, as they wandered away, he pursued them and he loved them. He called them back to themselves. He pointed out their rebellion not for the sake of shaming them, but for the hopes of like bringing them back to himself. And it just continued to happen over and over again. And so there began a season in the midst of Israel's rebellion that God sent prophets to him, prophets that were going to proclaim about who God is, this covenant-keeping God, and also what they've been doing and the destruction that's coming if they do not turn away. And that brings us to the story tonight, the one that I just I absolutely love. It's a story of Hosea and Gomer. It's a story of the prophet and the prostitute. So God comes to this man named Hosea, who is a prophet, and he goes, hey, here is what I want you to do to proclaim my goodness to my people that have been rebelling for years after year after year. I mean, it was was the leaders, it was the priests, it was basically the whole nation. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go, Hosea, and I want you to marry a prostitute one who's been a prostitute and I want you to love her. I want you to cherish her. I want you to care for her, provide her, protect her, um, and love her just like I have loved my people. But here's what's gonna happen is that as you love her, um, she's gonna run away. She's gonna go back to her ways and she's gonna be unfaithful to you. Although you are faithful, she will be faithless. Um, And she's gonna continue to prostitute herself to other men, to other lovers, and things are gonna get so bad that she is even gonna sell herself and give herself away, not to get paid, but she's gonna pay someone else um, in the midst of a prostitution, in the midst of her own destruction. It's gonna to come to a place to where she is at rock bottom, and when she is at rock bottom, and in the midst of her despair, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to her. I want you to redeem her. I want you to pay for her and bring her back home and be tender with her and care for her and love her and be faithful to her um, and woo her back to where she loves you again. And as I'm thinking about the thing that God asked Hosea and then the, the thing that Hosea lived out, I'm like, man, that is an absolutely crazy job description. Like sometimes I think what I get forced into um, in the midst of, of meetings at times, like, hey, that was difficult. That was hard. But like they nothing like that. Like that is painful. But God did that because he said, hey, Hosea, I want my people to see how far gone they have gone, but how faithful my love still is for them. And this is what God, through Hosea, says to the nation of Israel that, hey, there's gonna be a time that when you meet your destruction and your depravity, here's what's gonna happen. He says, I, at that time, will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice and steadfast love and in mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. A little bit later he says, and I will have mercy on the one who's called no mercy. And I will say to the one that is not my people, you are my people and you will say, you are my God. And then he turns to Hosea and says, go again, love a woman Who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods. So God was speaking through Hosea, speaking to the nation of Israel that he'd not given up on, that had continually rebelled against him, and said, Hey, no matter how far you go, Israel, no matter how dark it gets, like, I am going to continue to love you and faithfully pursue you. I'm going to, at one point, redeem you and woo you back to myself to be loved by me again. And he's going to make a new covenant with this people, and they will be his people forever, and he will be their God. Like, as you think about the story that Hosea had to live out, does it sound familiar to you? Like, do you find yourself in that story? Do you see yourself? as Gomer? Like, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, not because of how dark it gets, but like this story and the story of the prodigal son are two of my favorite stories because I see myself as the prodigal. I see myself as Gomer, as one who, even though was loved by a perfect God, continued to run away, and I was prone to wander to something else. Like, and I want you to know that that. That this is us, that that we are Gomer. Like we are people who've been loved by a perfect God who's pursued us, who has ransomed us back. Um, But there's time and time again to where we falter and are prone to leave him to try to find life, joy, peace, and pleasure somewhere else. We are Gomer and Christ his Hosea. Like, this story finds its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ and what Christ did for us. Like, we are faithless, rebellious, we're selfish, we're prone to wander, we're prone to leave the God that we love. Except for Christ, he is faithful. He is patient. Like, his steadfast love endures forever. And as I just think about, like, for all of us, it's like, when we sin, no matter how great or small it is, one of the things the story of Hosea kind of declares to us is that we are adulterers, we are idol worshipers, we are giving ourselves to other lovers. Anytime we try to find life apart from Christ, we are saying, God, it's not you that I love right now, it's not you that I want, I want this over here. And that can manifest itself in so many different ways. Maybe it's pride or self-righteousness. Maybe it's being judgmental of other people. Maybe it's thinking you're better than others. Maybe it's a 20-year addiction to pornography. Or maybe it was this past week, like trying to find comfort in food, being apathetic, just in the evenings, avoiding maybe some of the things you needed to do, being lazy and numbing yourself with Netflix and social media. Like, that's me. Like, that's my story. That's my story this past week. That's my story over these past 40-plus years. And every time I go to something else, like, I am trying to find life apart from Christ, I am prostituting myself to something other than the God that loves me. But the beautiful thing about this story and about Christ being Hosea um, is that he redeemed us. And it wasn't just with 15 pieces of silver, but he redeemed us with his life. He came and did what no one else could do, what no prophet could do, but he's the fulfillment of all the prophets when he came and lived a perfect life, a life that none of us could live. And then he went and died on the cross, experiencing the wrath of God, experiencing God's wrath, experiencing what you and I deserve so that we could have what he deserves. Christ who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we could be the righteousness of God. And it's through faith in Christ and Christ alone, through his life and death and resurrection that we can begin to experience and continue to experience that redemptive power. And I know for some of you guys, like y'all might be here and like your story kind of went south after becoming a believer in Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know, that's the same for me. Like the the, the next steps for the non-believer, the pagan, the atheist, is the same step for someone who's been walking with Jesus for 20 years. Like when we choose something over Christ, our next step is to run to the cross, to remind ourselves of the gospel, to confess and repent and begin to take one step of faithfulness after the other. And then as I think about this story, I know for some of you, the familiarity of it might be a little closer to home. That for some of you, unfaithfulness is a part of your story in your own marriage. And I just want you to know you're not alone. It's a part of mine. Like unfaithfulness is a part of my story. And through mine, it was virtually, through pornography, um, through masturbation, but it still broke trust. I still broke that covenant bond that I made with my wife um, as I went somewhere else for affection. And for some of you, it might be a physical affair. It might've been an emotional affair. Like whatever it is, like a great definition for, for an affair or infidelity is misplaced affections. Like, and how many of us have had misplaced affections first and foremost to our God, but maybe to a spouse to where we've tried to find love or hope and joy outside of that relationship. And if that's a part of your story, like, and you're here and maybe you're here right now because it's like, hey, that sin that I was trying to find life in kind of brought chaos into my marriage. And so I'm coming here first to find healing individually. Like first, I want you to know you're not alone. And there is an opportunity for healing and hope for you. And then also like you're not alone in your marriage and there's an opportunity for healing and hope in your marriage. Like before I was here on Monday nights, I spent eight years across the hall in the loft on Wednesday nights with a ministry called Reengage. And just like we are sister ministries, re-engage and regen, And like re-engage is a safe place to offer um, people like hope, whether they're wanting to go from a seven to an eight in their marriage or they have divorce papers in hand and wanting if there's restoration for them. And I just want you to know like, I had a front row seat just like the leaders and the staff and others here within this ministry. I had a front row seat of watching God work miracle after miracle after miracle in the lives of people. And he continues to do it and he wants to do it in your life also. Like, and here's just a few of the stories. Like, I think of Billy and Amanda. Both of them were unfaithful to one another. There was drugs and alcohol that were involved. At one point, the brokenness, like, brought them to a place where it's like, hey, they raised their hand, like, we need help. And they showed up here on Monday night, and they were loved by you. They were cared for by you. And their life was radically transformed because of the hope of the gospel. And as they were walking through region individually, they said, hey, we need something for our marriage, and they, they came to re-engage, Um, and God, over time, restored their marriage. I think about Ivan and Martha. Like, they showed up to reengage just to tune up their marriage. And they're like, hey, we're doing good, but we know there's some things that we can work on. And and within a couple of weeks, Ivan confessed uh, to a decade-long addiction to pornography that he brought into his marriage and that he had been unfaithful to his wife. And there was heartache, there was hurt, but as they were walked alongside the truth of the gospel, God's people and God's word and his spirit their life was transformed. Their marriage was transformed. And then I know for some of you guys, you might be thinking in your own life or maybe in your own marriage, like that's great for them, but I was following Jesus and then I began to make my poor decisions. Then I began to make a mess of my life. And I want you to know, you're like, you're not alone. My dear friends, Jerry and Lori, they were married. They were strong believers. They were you know, plugged into their church, investing into their children. They even said, hey, let's take some time. Let's go down to Central America and let's be missionaries here for years. And God used them in mighty ways. And then as they came back here um, and they were just you know working, living here in Dallas, um, a friendship turned into an emotional affair. An emotional affair turned into a physical one for Lori. And they found themselves at a place of brokenness. And then God, the redeemer, God, the true Hosea of their lives, came in and redeemed them from the pit and he restored their marriage lives. And, there's, and I've got stories about like so many others of Elgin and Rachel and um, Marcus and Mary Kay, David and Tara, and, and it goes on and on and on. Uh, but we don't have time for that. And we've got another story that we wanna share with you tonight. But I just want you to know, no matter where you are individually or where you are in your marriage, you are never too far gone. If you're believing that lie, like my life, our relationship, our story is too far gone, it's never the case. It's never the case. And so like region family, like I want you to know because of Jesus, because of the true Hosea that we find in Christ, there is always healing and redemption for you and healing and redemption for me. And so if this is your first time here, I just want to say I'm so glad you're here. There's hope for you. And if you've been coming for months, just take that next step of faithfulness, realizing there's hope for you. Guys, every week I love hearing stories of redemption, of how people have found healing and redemption in their own lives. Um, And tonight is no different. And I'd love for you to join me as we welcome Ryan to the stage as he shares his story of redemption, healing, and hope. Coming up here, Ryan.